Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Taryn Show. Today's episode is brought to you by Harry's. Harry's has changed my face. And I feel like it's pretty rare to be able to say that about a product, but it's changed my face. Uh, you know, go ahead, watch these... Uh, you know, we're playing these uh, secret Hitler games, uh, probably going to be doing some some off-season Big Brother podcasting, some Survivor stuff. You get the, If you want to, you can you can check the YouTube for these videos and you can see my new face. It's different. Uh, and that's because I've been using Harry's razors and they're fun to use. It's, it's, it's smooth, it's close, it's comfortable. And after I use it, I'm like touching my face all day. I'm, like, I'm touching my face a lot. It's, it's just fun. It's like, oh, it feels nice. Yeah, I like it. Now, I've got a special offer for my listeners. Harry's is so confident. You're going to love their blades. They're going to give you a free trial shave set. All you have to do is go to harrys.com slash Taryn to get your free trial. All you have to do is pay for shipping. You got to choose Harry's. They are all about a great shave at a fair price. They own this German factory. It's got over 100 years of blade making experience to ensure the highest quality. All products are backed by 100% quality guarantee. So make sure you claim your free trial offer from Harry's today. It's a $13 value for free when you sign up. Just cover shipping. Your free trial set includes a weighted ergonomic razor handle, five precision engineered blades with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel, and a travel blade cover. So get your free trial. Go to harrys.com slash Taryn right now. That's harrys.com slash Taryn. Now prepare yourself because... This is, uh, this is an RHAP favorite. I've got Matt Hoffman with me today. I was super excited to have him on. Very, very happy to talk with him. I hope you guys enjoy it. Let's go. He is not human. He is like a machine. Making more podcasts than you've ever seen. He was never programmed for a life because the show is the extent of his social life. It's the Darren Show. Don't ask if he's single, you already know Cause it's the Terran Show A simple name For a simple guy with a simple face It's the Terran Show Hello everyone and welcome to the Terran Show I, uh, guys, this is, uh, I, basically since I started this podcast, I knew that there were a few guests that I knew I, I had to have on, that I was very excited to have on. Um, one of them was, was Eric Stein, uh, because we, we get Eric on, he's great, uh, he's, he's great on the, the funny podcasts, but, uh, another one was Matt Hoffman, uh, this guy I've got with me here. Also very good on the funny podcast. Also one of my favorite players. So I'm very, very excited that I have Matt Hoffman with me here. Uh, he was on Big Brother 12. He played, uh, he played with uh, the Brigade and uh, infamously lied about his wife being sick. Uh, it's Matt Hoffman. How are you doing, Matt? Hey, I'm doing great. Thank you for all of the kind words. We're starting off on a good foot with this one. <laughs> yes, flattery. Well, I, you you actually you've been one of the the more vocal supporters of this podcast. I like uh, you from the very beginning. You were like, dude, congrats on the podcast. I love it. And I was like, oh, yeah, Matt Hoffman. Thank well, you. Well, you know, I like uh, it's different. I like I I'm a I'm a character person. I like to you know like movies. I can watch a two person movie or something like where you really deep dive into people. I don't need action and explosions and drama and stuff. I mean, that's fun for what it is, but I, I like, I like to really like sink into things and it goes beyond like 
beyond people. Even, you know, if I'm on a project, I'll just get totally immersed in, in things oftentimes. So uh, this podcast fits that psyche for me where I can just like, you totally just sink into someone. We were, you know, offline, we were just talking about one of your older ones and it was someone I, I don't even know who he is, but just you telling me about it. I'm very interested to just learn about whoever this person is, the Brent, Brent, Brent one you were talking about. So, uh, yes. yeah, but stuff like that, I, I, this is, this is very appealing and I don't know, you know, I don't, I'm a big listener of podcasts, but uh, I certainly have not heard things like this. I'm uh, I'm a huge Howard Stern fan, and one thing I think is fa- fantastic about him is as an interviewer because you get these late night talk shows and people are on for you know five ten minutes promoting their shit, and then you know Stern will come in and sit for an hour with someone. You just learn like so much shit that you wouldn't have otherwise learned. So people I don't like will come in and be interviewed by him, and you start to like have a respect for him. And people I already do like, you get this whole other side and facet to him and you're kind of like the howard stern of the rhap world in that sense from an interviewing standpoint you know you really just kind of sink <laughs> into people and uh i think it's very interesting it's a good idea was that your idea to do this yeah it's yeah, it idea. It's, yeah it's good good movement <laughs> thank you um but yeah no it's actually it's funny that you mentioned like the talk shows i actually recently watched um i don't know if you've seen the show nathan for you um it's it's an amazing show uh this guy it's uh he like pretends to be like doing this reality show where he helps out businesses, like small businesses and by giving them advice. But, uh, but really he's just like coming up with insane crap. Uh, (laughs) like, like, uh, just like, just like making fun of a lot of different people. Um, and, uh, one of his episodes recently was like how to craft the perfect late night talk show, like anecdote, like funny anecdote. And, um, it was like, okay, well these, these actors, they all tell the same story and it's like, I got pulled over by a cop and then there's some sort of twist ending or, or like I got invited to a wedding. So he was like, I'm just going to take all of these different elements and combine it into one perfect funny anecdote. Um, but here's the problem. It can't be, I can't make it up. I can't lie. So he like then takes the episode to construct this elaborate anecdote <laughs> where like he gets invited to an out of state wedding. So he has to like get invited, like run into random people and get invited to their wedding. And then uh, like orchestrate, like get like switching up luggage and getting pulled over by a cop and having them think that he has cocaine. And, um, and then he tells the story and it, and it goes very well. Um, but, but that's, it's like, it's very, it's very opposite to like what I try to have this podcast be, which is like, it's very prepared. It's very like, Oh, here's some like quirky, like anecdotes uh, or like, uh, here's a story I've told a hundred times. Um, I, you know, it's, that's usually what I try to avoid. That's good. Yes. I, mean, I don't think yeah. people have heard much from me in a while anyway, so who knows what will come up or what people even – this is funny. It's funny that I'm being talked to at all for any reason. <laughs> <laughs> even when I come on to these RHAP things and I'm talking about Big Brother, you know, it's something you would say that maybe I have some sort of background on and I'm mildly qualified to speak of. Even still, it's so longer. It's like I still feel like I'm just some random dude you pulled off the street to talk about Big Brother. You know, it's like why do people want to hear from me? So uh, this is fun. So. Yeah, no, it is. It, it is especially like maybe I'll get a couple Twitter followers out of this. <laughs> My fifteen minutes back. Oh, of course, yes. Um, no, it's especially interesting. Like, I feel like you, you were almost like in Big Brother twelve. It was sort of. I'd say sort of right before like social media, like really started getting crazy. I think that was like probably 15 was like really when social media got like super involved with, with big brother and sort of like digging into everyone's lives. So, so much, um, at least from my perspective. So I do think that like where 
a lot of people who, who like on season 15 and up, I think we know a lot about their lives to begin with. I think like just because <laughs> oh, yes, we, we, we already stalked them online. Yes. Um, but like the people before season 15, a little more mysterious. Uh, you know, we we know Big Brother 12, Matt Hoffman, who lied about his wife. But do like do we know anything beyond that? I don't know. Let's let's crack the shell and see what's inside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, social media, they know I was, I was in the, uh, there, there was probably I'd give it a good three or so buffer years of Big Brother where social media was just kind of spiraling into play being like a real big factor, you know, back in season 12. Every fucking scene wasn't a hashtag on the bottom left corner of your screen and stuff like that. And you know, every funny word was just a funny word. And, you know, and, and so uh, now you're in these hashtags and, and everyone wants their Twitter followers and giving shout outs of their Instagram names and shit like that. And, and I was in this buffer where, you, where it was a thing, but not a big thing. And, and, and I, oddly, I think that all kind of coincides with Big Brother getting a lot shittier, too. And I don't know. I don't know if it's because of social media or if it's a coincidental timing thing, but, uh, you know, everyone's just a character, like a, a really weird big character because you know, they like, want to be a big character and that's why they're going on or what and fucking bold and the beautiful. And so like, no, it was, it's not bold and the beautiful when we were on big brother. You just kind of, you wanted to go on and play. You didn't give a shit about Instagram or Twitter or followers. You just, you loved the game, you know? So, oh, well, different times. Who was, who was the first person to crack the, uh, the bold and the beautiful? Ah, uh, well, it was Branchall, I believe. I'm almost positive because oh, yeah, Brendan was a yeah. I'm almost positive he was a behind the scenes, but behind the bar bartender, and and Rachel was a a, a waitress, and uh, and that's yeah. I'm I'm <laughs> some trivia, a good trivia, but I think I got that one. Yeah, there you go. Um, but yeah, it's 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 interesting, like because I think a lot of what I've talked about with with many former players is like the role that social media plays in their life, having played the game, like having so much attention on you, being sucked into this kind of like vortex of like uh, you know hate and love and attention and too much attention and like what that does to you. But did, I feel like maybe you didn't experience as much of that uh, when you played. No, no, it's wacky. Like I, uh, I mean, there's an inherent I would imagine whether it's conscious or subconscious desire for attention. If you're going on these stupid reality shows, like it's not like you would go on this rea these reality shows, any of them, and then come back to social media and go, Oh my God, nobody talked to, you know, I don't want to like, of course you want, you, not even you want it, but it's like, there must be some expectation that, that there's going to be some sort of notoriety and people are going to bother you and shit like that. I'm at a point where I don't really, and not to be a dick. Uh, I just don't, I don't really respond to a lot of people. I just kind of use my social media as a as a dumping ground selfishly for my own, you know, I know whatever I feel like saying. And uh, but there's a time I think, you know, when you first get out of whatever show you're on, it definitely is a bizarre whirlwind. And I think we're all afforded a pass for a good year even to just kind of be a douchebag. And I think that's it's OK. <laughs> but I because it's such a, a strange world that you that you enter into. Uh, that being a little douchey, I think comes with the, comes with the territory, you know, you not, and I don't want to say that you think you're hot shit. Cause I don't think that that's the case at all. I mean, it's mind you, it definitely is for a lot of people, but I mean, uh, in the interest of myself, it's not that you think you're hot shit. It's that it's so funny, you know, you, you are nobody. And then all of a sudden, like all these people know who you are and want to ask you stupid questions. And it's like, so you're getting interviewed by, by, you know, just strangers and stuff and then of course like then podcasts want to talk to you and it's, so it's more of an opportunist thing you you have all these opportunities that you would have never had and so you just seem to like grab at all of them and, and do all these things and i remember doing i mean these little rinky dink podcasts that were just 
I don't even know what was going. It was just like a, a fucking mess. Like you do them and they were not entertaining. And the hosts were terrible. And, but you just would just like accept everything and do them. Cause it's like, Oh my God, when is no one ever wanted to talk to me before? And, uh, and then as time goes on, you start kind of weeding it out. And I mean, it was only like probably two years after less than two years that I made a, a, uh, I just kind of put my foot down and said, uh, RHAP is like the only people I'm talking to and that, <laughs> that whole world of people. Cause you guys are like the only ones that sort of had your shit together. It was fun. It was a good rapport with all, with all you people. Um, but yeah, I mean, that for you're just, you're just doing everything and it's weird. And then you look back and you go, it was weird that I did all this stuff in those stupid events and those bullshit events. And I don't know. And mind you, there are also, uh, God, I'm rambling. You're going to have to do some editing on this. Like then there are, there are obviously, um, exceptions to rules. Like, like, you know, you guys and Rob and you and going to, going to the events. Well, it's, it's kind of what you do. So that, of course you're going to do this perpetually for years and years, but like people who just were on these shows and they just fucking keep going to these things and, and doing these. It's just like, what is it? I don't know, something weird. I feel like I'm being judgy, but maybe I am being judgy. I don't know. It's just, it's strange to me. I, I, I understand how in the moment it becomes this like all encompassing thing. And then I feel like there's something funny about those people that don't ever drop it, you know, in a way. Yeah. Like they, they don't, they don't come back to reality. Like uh, we, yeah, we've definitely talked about that. Like, especially, um, I think with, with Jordan, uh, Jordan Parhar, um, because he he left even like the podcasting um, because he felt like he had been engulfed in this sort of alternate reality where he was in this this new community and they understood what he went through. And, you know, he was getting all kinds of like positive affirmation from fans and from fellow contestants and stuff like that. Uh, and he sort of like uh, he he found himself separate from his family and like his former friends Um and sort of like realize like wh- like who who am I becoming like what is happening to me I need to like take a step back and like reintegrate myself into my old life because I was happy like I was yeah. like, th- these are good people like I like my very family. much so yeah yeah you do get this this whole influx of people and it's like it's I think it's also weird there there are some people who like don't get at all sucked like they just completely fall off the radar there's no sucking and they get immediately off their show and you just never hear from them and I think that's interesting in its own right too. Uh, it's respectable in a way, I guess. But I also feel like you're missing. I think like part of the fun of being on the show, like the show is part of it. Obviously, that's fun. But then there's this all of this stuff that opens up that like you're never going to get a chance to do. And if you don't do it right then, no one's going to give a shit about you. So you're like almost it's like you have to either do it then or not do it. So go to all these things and you meet all these people. And I mean, I was a huge reality TV fan for ages. I mean, since forever, I, you know, I started on the first real world with all those people in New York, the first New York one. And, uh, so just the idea of like being around all of these other TV people is, was just fascinating to me. And, and then all of a sudden you start, it's just, everything gets normalized and it's not, yeah, it's just, uh, it's weird. I I had a similar effect and, and I don't even like, I don't even watch a lot of reality TV anymore. It kind of just like deadened, deadened the allure of reality when you start mm-hmm. being being in it. And uh, and I'm not even t- I don't I don't mean to talk. I'm not, I hope I'm not coming off talking like disparagingly, like uh, because there are people that then totally shun it and be like, oh, I was on you know Survivor and fuck Survivor. You know, I'm I'm that's that was years ago. No, I still love. I mean, I love Big Brother for whatever it is, and I and I don't think it's like stupid that I was on it or like oh it was a bunch of bullshit. No, it was a super fun time. It was a cool little experience, but uh, was it life defining? I don't know. I think I've done a lot of shit in my life. Then this was like a summer of my 40 years of yeah. life, you know, so to sit here and 
continually go back to that is like, like glory days. You think of like, who's the dude, uncle Rico from Napoleon dynamite, where he's, you know, <laughs> he's just always in the, the football glory day mode. Shit like, you know, it's like, it's yeah. just this thing that you did. And it is funny. You know, like you do so much stuff in your life and then you do this one thing. It was only like a few months, but that's like what everyone knows you for. And everyone like wants to talk to you about, or it's like, wait, I did all this other shit too. And uh, I don't know. It's funny. Reality TV is funny. It's funny how people latch onto it like that. Cause I did. Yeah, definitely. Well, do, do you do like, cause I, I feel like it's, it's like you get this high, right? Like that's, yeah. that's like people like, like you get to feel like a rock star. You get to feel like, like people, you know, they're giving you attention. They want to hear from you. And then, you know, at some point that does go away unless you are somebody that like really like Persu- works hard it. to get back on the show and, you know, go to all the events. Uh, like, do, do you ever feel tempted? Like, do you ever miss it? Do you ever like feel like, ah, you know, I could, I could feel like that again. No, like I don't. In fact, I, and I say this with a very, very uh, clear head that this would never happen. So this is like super hypothetical. But let's just say for some reason, Big Brother came knocking on my door and wanted me back. Uh, I would love to do it. Like it's, but, uh, but only what I wouldn't like is everything that happens afterwards, I think, which I liked at the time because it was new. But when you look back on it, it's like that's really why it was fun. It was fun because it was different. It wasn't fun because it was really fun. It's not fun to have people intrusively fucking with your life. And, and it's not fun to have to like talk to people when you're just out at a store and don't want to talk to people and stuff. But you kind of have, I say have to, because if you don't, you're just an asshole. I'm not like, I'm not really, I think I like to think I'm kind of nice to people and stuff. You know, I like to treat people good. So, so I can't even tell you the number of conversations I have with people that I just didn't want to be a part of, but you just be nice and do it. So that's, it kind of sucks in a way, but, it doesn't suck at, at the time because it's just – like I said, it's just like it never happens. So it's like fun because it's just this weird different thing. But it's not something I don't think I'd want to sustain in any way. I would love to play the game again. Again, in the interest of being an opportunist, it was such a fun, unique thing. So to, to be asked to do it again, well, of course, it's such a, a weird thing to do. Um, but it did. It did sour me. I came from a communications like – I was majored in TV and shit in college and stuff. So, And I did that not because I wanted to go into TV – uh, but because I just loved it and I was always interested, I was, grew up, I was a TV kid for sure. Um, and so just the inner workings of reality TV were always very curious to me. So to be a part of this pop culture phenomenon, I still am very, I feel very thankful and blessed or whatever to have even had this weird opportunity. Uh, but yeah, I don't, the, everything that comes after it is only good in the moment. You look back in it and I go, oh my God, I had so much fun and I loved it, but I just, it seems loathful to me now. I just not want to. And I want to do that. Yeah, like you're glad you had the experience, so but you're glad. also glad that it's over. So yeah. glad for both. I'm so glad for both. <laughs> and yeah, and it's it is. It's equally weird to me the people that just drop out and don't want to even try any doing any stuff for that first year. As weird as it is to the people that just hang on it. And I, when I say hang on it, I don't mean like uh, like if you're pursuing it, if you're like doing so again, like you guys and stuff, or even you know there are people who get off of reality TV and then they like really work at it at that thing, and that's fine. But uh, so people are just reality people forever, I guess. I don't know. It's weird. It's like you haven't yeah. done anything else. Uh, I shouldn't. I feel like I'm being mean now. I shouldn't be being mean to people. <laughs> that, this is what this is, is this for. It's weird to be mean. We should be mean. Yeah, then. Maybe I'll do what I do. I'll say whatever you want. It's you know? a fucking like, joke. Uh, you're just now, Here's the other thing about it. This is a Big Brother thing. This isn't. This isn't maybe TV. We're at a point where like it's not even cool to be on TV. Like back when you know I grew up again, like real world days and stuff, and and there wasn't a whole ton of reality shows, but now it's like, 
it's weird to not meet someone who hasn't been on TV in some capacity. You know, it's just like between <laughs> talk shows and Jerry Springer's and Maury's and, and reality TV shows and competition shows and this and that. It's just like, who fucking hasn't been on TV nowadays? I feel like I know more people for real, like know more people that have been on TV than haven't. And uh, so it's not like, it's really not cool. And so I don't know. I feel like the people maybe are doing it for the wrong reasons now. Maybe it's just like ill intention and, we're just so particularly Big Brother is very very guilty of just creating these these characters that are there just to be fucking clowns, you know. I think uh, more so than any probably any non VH1 reality show, uh, any major network reality show, CBS is for sure most guilty of, of doing that. And I don't know why they do it because Big Brother was such an awesome show before they started throwing clowns all over the place. And uh, and I was in that buffer year where like we started kind of noodling with clowns a little bit. And uh, prior to that buffer year that I was sort of around, it was very, very gameplay-ish. And I do miss that. I don't like, I don't feel like I would uh, like Big Brother if I wasn't just so addicted to it and just spent so much of my life obsessed with it. Uh, if I were just like a new person trying to get into a show, I think I feel like I'd pass on it maybe, but I still love it. I'm hooked. Yeah, that's an interesting thought, actually. Like, I hadn't thought of it that way. Like, I, I think I'm usually one of the people that's like, guy, guy, you know, calm down. It's not, it's not terrible. You stop freaking out. Like, it's not the worst <laughs> thing in the world. It's still Big Brother. It's fine. But I think if I did, if I started at like, uh, in, in, you know, 17 was pretty good too. But if I started at like 18 and like watched 19, I'd probably be like, yeah, this show, like, without the history, yeah, it totally, of like, you know, the the greats and like knowing where the game can go yes. and having that hope. At the very least, that like maybe this time we'll get something like that again. Yeah, uh, I, it would be a, I think, a worse experience. Yeah, it did that hope. It's true. I'm totally suck. I'm a sucker for it because I, I love. I love. Like I really, really, really love the old historical Big Brother. You know, the the olden days, even before before my era. Even uh, it was just such a fucking awesome game. It was so real and pure. And uh, not that it's not real, but it's just like. I mean, it's hokey. It's like, it is like a VH1. It's like f the flavor of love for CBI. You know, it's just like, it's goofy. And I, I didn't mm -hmm. I didn't like Big Brother because it was goofy. That's not why I liked it. I liked it because it was like, one of my other favorite reality shows was The Mall. It was still probably one of my top reality shows. And it was like, so not goofy. It was just like a cool, straight up, thought provoking game. And uh, Big Brother isn't that as much anymore, I don't think, unfortunately. Yeah, for sure. Like even the strategic sort of moments are they're they're like they're polished over it's like uh you know what i mean it's yeah. not not really portrayed as they are they're portrayed as like uh like i i'm thinking of like uh like paul convincing everyone to throw the hoh um it was like this this it was like well told i guess Ooh. like it was like a montage but it seemed like it was a fiction it didn't seem like i was watching <laughs> real people yeah, yeah, do real right, things yeah. you know what i mean like it, a... felt, it felt like i was watching game of thrones like <laughs> yeah and the uh big brother particular i was just watching survive with the wife the other night and uh and I was mentioning, I'm like, just fuck these people. How many seasons has it been? Do you know? 30-something, 35, 36, whatever they're on. They just do not repeat challenges often. Or if they do, they're very, like, kind of – they're just always coming up. I mean, there, there's maybe, like, similar ideas of, like, how you would succeed in a challenge. But they really do change up the structure of it and everything. For all, And Big Brother is just, like, they used to do that. And they used to be like that. And then it just – it's to the point where these people on the, the contestants go on and they go, okay, well, next week we're going to be doing this. Like the contestants are saying this, you know, they, they know what's going to happen. They don't know because they were told. They know just because they watch all the seasons and it's like it's a fucking formula at this point. And that's that's a bummer to me, you know. It's like uh, 
it's just not different and cool anymore. Yeah, I don't I don't know if you've seen or, or heard about any like uh, Canadian Big Brother. Um, but I heard the, it's the awesome. Most recent, I never watched him though. Well, the the most recent winner uh, basically won because of that. Like he studied the competitions. Um, he it was his second time playing, and he he got like a binder full of every single competition, what the strategy was to win it, and then just like. For the first time in Big Brother history, just beasted out and won from like final eight on <laughs> awesome. to the final two. Yeah, I mean, but yeah, but there's it's, it's not cool though. It's awesome. It's funny that he did that, succeeded. But uh, like you know, you go come out. Oh, I want to make it to Zingbot. I want to make it to Otev. Well, what if there just fucking wasn't Zingbot or Otev once? He's like, why do we infallibly know that this idiotic robot's going to come in? And and why do we even excel? Why do we want to make it that far? Why do people want to make fucking jury? Why does everyone want to win anymore? Last season was so bad about that. Was it last season? That everyone was just like, jury, jury, yeah. jury. Fuck you and your jury. Yep. Singbot. Oh, <laughs> bullshit. Dude, like, change up. I miss the old uh, the food competitions. We're so cool. What a fun part. We didn't get those. We were the first season when that stopped. Eleven had that, and we didn't. And that was like a fun, cool thing. Yeah. But maybe I don't uh, like now that I think about it. Maybe I should stop watching. <laughs> it's well, it's really like the thing that the thing that makes it still compelling is just the game itself. Like it's such a great game. Uh and they can throw all sorts of crap at it and like make it, you know, whatever. But as long as the game is still there, there's still something. There's still something enjoyable. Um it's when they really just start, you know, screwing with around with twists and like making the game completely yeah. different that it's like really just like, okay, what are you doing? One of the things you mentioned was like um, being a character. I I just talked to uh, to Zeke from Survivor about when he came off the show. In particular, he felt like he was portrayed as somebody that was like good guy Zeke, but like he felt like like I'm not good guy Zeke. I'm like raunchy like uh, comedian <laughs> that like is a, like maybe potentially like uh, offensive and says bad words and stuff like Zeke. That's me. But then like. Because he was portrayed in a certain way on Survivor and like all of the fans knew him and treated him like he was that person. He was like, I guess maybe I'm this person. Uh, like, did you did you get any of that? Like when you came off the show? Yeah, uh, I mean, part of it was my own doing, I guess, you know, like, for instance, I am. a. I mean, and you could tell this on the show. I'm a terrible liar. I'm horrible at it. Uh, <laughs> and. and and I wasn't even good on the show at it. I just happened to pick a believable lie, but I was terrible at doing it. So, you know, there's this notion that I'm I'm just a scumbag liar and I'm just not. I'm not. I was just having fun and fucking around. I was in this. I mean, how, how often, if ever, do you get to enter a situation where you can be anybody you want to be and fucking nobody knows anything about you at all and you can just do anything you want? And it's and so to me, it was just playful. It was it wasn't I wasn't out to like hurt anybody or uh or really anything it was just it was just kind of haphazard playfulness to be the way i was and and so looking back on my season i was uh it's very cringeworthy i i watched the season because i'm a huge fan i, I binged it like right when i got out of the house i did do that and uh it was a little weird to watch i guess but fun again in the interest of being a fan and uh then like then i never touched it and it was probably i'd say within the last two or three years maybe I went back and I was like, I want to check this show out again and see if it, like what the deal, if it holds up or what I think of this. And I got to like an episode and a half and I was like, I can't fucking do this. It's hor- It was horrible to, to look at. It was so, uh, I didn't like, I didn't like myself on that show. It's very, uh, yeah, it was like so super, so super, uh, douchey. And I don't feel, I feel I came off. I see, here's the thing. My, I, I have a very dry sense of humor 
and a dry wit. And so a lot of times I, I'm very self-deprecating. I feel on the show, it came off as like a very serious arrogance. Like I, like I was like, I really just thought it was like the most amazing, hottest piece of shit. Like, and, and I'm not saying, I'm not even blaming it on editing. Maybe I was caught up in the moment or whatever, but, but the reality of me is like, Oh God, I'm a fucking mess. And I don't think I'm like amazing in any, in very, very many ways at all. And I, I don't know. It's funny to watch the guy on TV. Who's so like brazen and, and boisterous. And, and, uh, I mean, I, I definitely have that rambling. My mind goes all over the place and stuff, but as far as like thinking I'm hot shit and stuff, I think that that was like a very permeating thing. That's difficult to watch on the show because I know that, that me personally, I just, I don't, I don't feel like I'm like that. Maybe I am. Maybe yeah. I do. I don't know. Well, I, I feel like, like, I think part of it is that's often how this sort of archetype that, that you, I guess, were cast in has to portray themselves. Like you, you were like the, the cocky mastermind, yeah, like I, I'm in Mensa. Like, like, I would never, uh, would never go and like out being a genius in my day-to-day life. It's crazy, but you're right. You got to play a character. And I probably would have never gotten on the show had I not done, done that and said that, you know, went through those motions. Uh, so you do what you got to do and then you're right. And then you play it once you're in, you're in. So now you got to play it and do it. And it was fun. And like, even when I was doing it, it's like, I knew that I was being overly arrogant, overly boisterous and just cocky and confident. So I knew this, but in my head, and, and when I went back and watched it, I didn't see this in my head at the time. I'm like, well, this is just fun. The same way telling this lie was just fun. I'm just playing around, I'm just fucking around, I'm just being whoever I feel like being, being this kind of like, maybe like a, a, a Hyde, a Dr. Jekyll Hyde version of myself, you know, it's like something that was buried deep in my, in my id uh, and, and it's resurfaced for this show. And uh, then you go and watch it and I go, oh, wow, that's not coming off as someone being a fun character. That's like, that guy's kind of a, a dicky, douchey sort of kind of a prick and he's telling lies about sick people and he's uh, and he, he thinks he's got it all together, but really he's a doofus and he's fucking everything up, you know? And so, um, it wasn't as fun and playful on screen as I felt it was in my head. And that's why I find it <laughs> difficult to watch when I when I went back again to kind of revisit it. Well, it's it's kind of like uh, like you went in sort of like like this is a role playing game. Like I get to be somebody else. Totally. And and especially for if, if, if you're somebody that's like self-deprecating and like you, you think that you're a master or whatever, then like obviously it's going to be fun to be like, no, no, no I'm going to go in here and I'm going to pretend to be somebody that's like totally in control of everything. And like, I, you know, I'm the mastermind archetype. I think that like your gameplay on your season was for me like one of the most you very clearly were just having fun with what you were doing like every move you made some some of it was like chaotically brilliant and some of it was like chaotically absurd um and and it, but like all of it was just like it seemed like somebody who was just like having fun doing something oh see it's funny you say because i'm glad to hear you say because to me like you're right I, what that's what exactly what it was it was me just kind of like goof around and have fun but i don't wow i don't see i didn't feel it came off that way so i'm glad it's actually nice to hear you say that i uh yeah and i've always been in the interest of like kind of like you know being this other person you know like you're playing this game or this other person i've always been kind of like i've always enjoyed trash talking and stuff and i've always been kind of like but it's it's in my head everything's different in my head in my head it's all just like in good fun even though it comes off a different way i feel like so often in my life I should have had my ass kicked over and over and over again. So, because, but and what saved what saved me is that I'm so tiny, and I feel like people don't want to uh, like abuse a tiny person, and so I've gotten away through my whole life being able to just shit talk and trash talk freely and, and to people bigger than me or whatever. 
and, and no one ever touches me even though they definitely should. And I even, and so on big brother, you go in and it's, it's just another variation of that. It's so you can just kind of like fucking whatever. And you, and you're just untouchable and it's fun to be untouchable. And I've kind of lived my life in that untouchable way because, and I've never been outside of like a hockey fight. I've never been in like a, just an aggressive fight, but not because I shouldn't have been like, people should have beat me up a lot. And I just feel I kind of got off easy because it's like, we don't want to fuck with that little twerp, you know, just let him, <laughs> let him yap away. And I'd always yap away. That's what I did. And so I just kind of took that in the big brother house and just kind of, you're just invincible in there. You know, it's fun. The fun thing to do. Yeah. Uh, I, I think the uh, like uh, I'm, like maybe the fact that I watched the feeds like uh, sort of helped me visualize like where you were coming from a little more. So like when you watch the the episodes, you're like, oh shit, this is how I'm being. Because <laughs> uh, I I know I I certainly know that I'm sure there are even people listening to this podcast that remember watching season twelve and being like this arrogant little <laughs> prick. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and I don't blame them. I mean, it's I was a uh, I was not I don't know. It's funny that like, people would have known me just from that show and then would have enjoyed that person and be like, I like that. That guy was a great character. Cause I would have thought if I wasn't me and I was watching season 12 and then, but I was on there, but it wasn't me. It was some guy who was, you know, you get what I'm going with this. I would not be my favorite character at all in that season. I would be like, I would be lower tier character. I would be the guy that I'd be like, God, get this guy fucking out of the house. I'm sick of him on my TV. So it's funny. It's funny to hear that. Yeah. Um, so, uh, like you said, you you had always been a fan of like reality TV. Like, when how did you how did you get started? Like, what do you think drew you to it? Honestly, it's it's just voyeurism. It's the same reason I said I'm probably going to go back and listen to that Brent podcast. I don't know who the fuck Brent is. I'm probably <laughs> going to be enamored with it because I just love. I, I don't know if it's nosiness. Nosiness is the wrong word. It is just voyeurism. I, I could, I love people watching. I could just sit, you know, at Sitter Mall and just stare at people, create stories about them that probably aren't, you know, just create characters. I just love, I love other people's lives, even in the mundane. Sometimes the mundane is, is the, the best thing when people, you know, one of my favorite characters of all of Big Brother even just came last season. It was Cody and he wasn't exciting, but it was something about him his lack of everything was what was amazing to me about him. I just loved, I loved that he just was like this, like, what was he? I don't know. He didn't just, care. Just didn't like, care, uh, sort of there. And, and like the curiosity of like, how or why did they cast him? And yeah, like from a, from a cast, if I was a casting director, he would be like an immediate pass to me. Like, what is this? He has no energy, no anything, but then he gets on the show and I, as a viewer, I'm just like drawn to him. I think he was just, because of the, all the whys, like what is what's he doing there? Why is he? Does he want to be there? Why? How did he even get? Why did they cast him? Did he apply? Does he, just so much going on that. So I just love I love thinking about people and and wondering about their lives. And so reality TV has done that. It's unfortunate being on reality TV, and then, you know what? It's not being on reality TV. It's all the shit afterwards that has numbed the excitement. And I don't really even watch that much reality TV anymore. And it is because of all the post show shit. Because you have all these people. I was uh, the MTV shows, all the challenges, the real world. God, I, I loved all those. I watched every season uh, from forever. Yeah, road rules, all that shit. So then, like, you go and you start meeting. It's a big incestuous reality world. It's not like oh, you get off a of Big Brother, so you're the Big Brother family. No, you're in this fucking virus infested reality family it's massive it's like every shit show i fucking was talking to some dads who were on america's got talent one time at some events like what am i doing with them they were like they had dogs they're like they made dogs dance or something it's fucking horrible what my life was for a period of time and so uh you, so you get involved and you see all these people and like oh my god and there's this initial shock for someone like me who was just 
who loves it. It's like, oh my God, it's this person from, you know, real world, this person from fucking Flavor of Love or whatever these shit shows, Bad Girls Club and stuff that I used to watch. And then, then you, then they start, you know, you start texting and you become, and then I, I think I mentioned there's a period of time where like more, more of my friends were on TV than not. And you kind of get, and that's where you start getting shaken up. Like, wait, like you mentioned, you know, you got your friends back home and these people, like, these are your friends, these are the old people, you know, and so as you start kind of cycling back into life. But when you're in this whirlwind, it, it numbs you to like, no one's cool anymore. And sometimes they're even uncool. They become assholes. I remember definitely some, some real world people who I was very excited. I was at some stupid event I was going to, and I saw that they were going to be there and I was like, Oh, this is fun. I totally want to meet these people. They're fucking shitheads. All of them were. And I was like, not all the real world people, these particular people, uh, you know, by name. And, uh, so then it kind of ruins it. And, uh, very similarly, I think it's just an experiential thing. Like I know I spent my youth, just all of my money that I made at shitty odd jobs or allowances was all spent on music, like whether it's concerts or CDs. And, and I didn't pick up an instrument until I was like 16, 15, 16. So uh, I'd go to all these shows and I'd, and you just, I wouldn't even say idolize these people. They're just, they're almost like characters. You go and go to a concert, you go, oh my God, these musicians, how are they? How are they doing this? They're up there playing music. Like that would be so amazing to do. And then I start playing music and I start, and then I start playing shows and then, and then you go, okay, well, these guys recorded albums. How crazy it would be to like record an album. How do you even do that? And then I record an album. So you start doing these things. And then now I'm at a point where I don't even, and it's, it makes me sad. I don't like going to concerts anymore. And it was like one of the most enjoyable things to me because and now when I go to a concert, I used to like rock out and be like into the music. And now I'll go to a concert and I'm just like meticulously analyzing. I'm like staring at the, the different instrument, the drums or the guitar and seeing like the technical aspects. I'm not, I'm not like lost in the music and I'm not idolizing. I'm not going, oh my God, these are like characters. How could anyone really be like these people? So it's like, and, and in the same way that concerts have been ruined by me spending so much time in the, in the doing music stuff over the years, reality TV has gotten ruined because like, they're not, they're not fictitious people anymore. These are like real people who are oftentimes assholes. And it's like, they're not, I don't know, or even North and outers or the real people who are cool and are super awesome. But either way, they're just real people and they're in my fucking phone. And it's like, uh, it's not like, it's not this, it's not this like glorified thing anymore. And it bums me out. Like I, 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 I like that there was a mystique to music and to reality TV and all this stuff. And that mystique is gone. Sometimes like you do too much and it sort of fucks things. You think it would be like fun to have this experiential life where you're like doing this and doing that. But you got to think also it does. It's kind of, it kind of fucks up the perception of it all. Yeah. Well, I, I feel like uh, that's probably true of anything. Like uh, you like anything that you enjoy or that you, any people that you idolize, like I feel like at least the majority of them, like once you actually go into their field or you meet them or whatever, like you eventually realize like th this is just another person. Like they, like they, they have all the same problems that I do. Like, this is just like, you know, would I watch a TV show all about my best friend? Like, I don't know, probably not. <laughs> like, wh why would I bother? Like, uh, like it's just another person. I feel like that's something that, uh, it's, that's just like through life. Like you, you have a parent that you idolize and like, you think like they know everything and then you realize, oh, they're, sh they're just another person. And then, uh, it's like, oh, well th there's these other people, like the, the teachers at school, like they they know everything. They're pretty, oh, I don't know. They're just another person. Uh, like that's just, that's just the entirety of the world. I think yeah, you know? it's a bummer. Uh, I'm sure you, you probably get to a point and I mean, I think, I think there's, um, a lot of people in the country now that are like, Oh, even the president of the United States, just another person. Yeah. Right? Sure. Like he definitely is. Something like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Speaking of reality TV stars. Yes. 
Right. Yeah. Because it's like, you know, like there's nobody like nobody's really above anyone else. But we want so desperately to to place people on some sort of pedestal or or make them a character so that like, I don't know, there's something about that that is appealing to us. I mean, there's just an again, there's an absurdity to what we are doing right now. Like, what the fuck <laughs> are we doing? What am I doing? I'm a 40 year old. I, I, I work. I work in computer. I work. I program computers and shit. I write code. But this is not fun. It's not a glamorous life. Then I go and I play with my kid. Like, what the fuck? People are interested in this shit. No. Why? Because <laughs> because I spent a fucking summer on a TV show being an idiot. And now all of a sudden, like eight years later, I'm on the Terran show, deep diving two hours into the psyche of Matt Hoffman. <laughs> what are we doing? It's crazy. You know, who are we? It is. But people are going to fucking listen to this. People are going to make it this far. I've been talking like about an hour now. People are going to be spending an hour of their life. I feel like I owe whoever you are out there. Who are you? you I'm talking <laughs> to you listening in those headphones. I owe you something because you're spending this time on me and I don't get it. And I feel there's almost like a guilt some sort of guilt I have for this. Yeah, it's, not even it's, like, it's very, it's I'm very not even like in the top tier of funniest people I know. Like there are people who I hang out with who no one will ever know. And they're fucking hysterical. And Taryn <laughs> will never talk to them. Taryn wants nothing to do with them. <laughs> but they're super funny people. And, and uh, you're talking to me. People, uh, oh, whatever. <laughs> Why? Yeah, it's, it's weird. It's it's, so it weird. really is. And then you go, then you, I mean, you take it a step further. You go, oh, what if, well, what if you got fucking uh, Zach Efron or something? Taryn could talk to him. Well, certainly he, he was noteworthy. And I don't know why, why did I think of Zach Efron? What a weird person to come up with. Anyway, <laughs> uh, so, you know, and then Zach Efron comes out. He's just some fucking dude. They're like, we're all just fucking, we're all people. Why do we care? But I care. Like, I'm not even, I'm not shaming these people who are now over an hour into listening to Matt Hoffman and Taryn. Uh, but because uh, I, God, I care too. But why? Why do we care? We are just yeah. voyeurs. We're just nosy, voyeuristic people. Yeah, it's got to be like um, I feel like I feel like this was explained to me in some sort of like uh, evolutionary science <laughs> class at one point. But like like gossip and and like what made it important to this you know sociological development of humans. Um, but uh, but it's super interesting, especially just like with with social media and how that's influencing like uh, culture and humanity and like what it does to us. And like, is this overload? Is this too much? Is there going to be some sort of uh, like uh, like backlash? at some point like is it just gonna be like um something to to take it take it back like we've gone too far now we need to like reel it back in a little bit i don't know we need to but it's not it's i don't know how that would happen but you're right that fucks up a lot of the mystique of the tv and the reality tv too because everyone's just so accessible nowadays you know i mean i don't want you to be able to just talk to me not you you know like I'm talking to you with your headphones in, not you, Taryn. You, you listening. I don't want you listening to just be able to be able to just immediately go on your phone and be like, hey, Matt, what, what, what do you think? You know, what, what's your life like? But you can. You can do it. You can just, like, talk to me. Like, I'm this normal – I mean, I am this normal person. But you can also, in the same sense, you can talk to fucking our president. You can just go on Twitter and, like, talk shit to him. And he, maybe he might even retweet you. It's, like, crazy. We're, we're all too accessible. And then it makes nobody really that cool or fun. You know, I might have been cool. I might, I might have been cool if I was on like Big Brother season four or something. Because then, it's like a mystery. <laughs> Eric Stein did it right. He just kind of like went off the grid, and then he built up. Yeah, he built up that anticipation for him to reveal himself. Yeah, and and then he and then he came on this podcast and blew it all. 
yeah, I mean, I mean it, maybe maybe that's uh, maybe that's the thing. Maybe that's like more and more people are becoming like uh you know now there's there's youtube stars and there's there's like there's twitch stars and there's Frankie, twitter Frankie stars Grande. <laughs> yeah where it's like i i feel like at some point it's just going to be so many people like there aren't there aren't really famous people like there were like 20 years ago you know what i mean no, like, like uh, i remember when i was a kid like here's where you got to know everyone who was on tv or movies you knew their characters and then once a year at the Grammys or the Oscars, it was like the cool thing because you get to watch the red carpet and you get to see like these people be themselves. It's like the real people. It's like, wow, it's so cool. And now it's just fucking – you don't have that cool day there, that night, that one night of a year. It's just like every day and the fucking TMZ and – I mean it's everywhere. You, We know the actors more as people than as actors and it wasn't like that when I was a kid. They were They were all just characters on movies and TV shows and you got to, and it was fun to see them in those Oscar nights and the MTV music wars and shit like that. Um, yeah, it's a bummer. It's a bummer how accessible we all are. Cause now nobody's cool. It, well, it makes me, it makes me wonder like I, I, if this trend continues, maybe eventually it will it, like, it will just become so shallow and wide, like the, the net of like who is worthy of being viewed or whatever that it just like it, it resets, you know what I mean? Like if, if, if you know everybody to some extent is like oh this person uh but then they're so accessible that it's like it doesn't even matter maybe we'll eventually get to some point of equilibrium we're writing a black mirror episode right now yes yes but no it's so true man it's it's uh it's a fucking weird world and it's not it's not as fun it's there's no there's no mystique who's cool how do you even be how are you cool anymore how do we do this how do you even get to be cool you gotta get involved in a scandal you can't even like you can't even fuck up real bad anymore because even if you fuck up real bad, like right on the heels will be someone else fucking up and then you'll, they'll forget about your fuck up. So it's like, I don't know. You can't even like, you can't screw up. You can't be cool. There's just so much going on that everything's just forgotten so quickly. Except for Matt Hoffman eight years later on the Terrence <laughs> show. No one forgets about him. Yes. The Terrence has a long memory. <laughs> Terrence show never forgets. It's so weird to me that like we're even talking about you as like a, a more old school player. Like twelve, it just doesn't seem like it was that long ago, but it was. It was like uh, like seven years ago, I guess. Was, yeah, I think I was like middle middle era. I was in that transitional yeah. area of uh, era of good good to bad. Big brother, I was sort of the, that limbo. Yeah. Um, What's your favorite season? Uh, ten. Yeah. Ten. I'd have to. Yeah, agree. it's uh, it's, it's... I, I liked eleven too for the train wreck factor, <laughs> but ten was good. Eleven was like real train wrecks. See, now we get clown train mm-hmm. wrecks. We get people who like almost want to be train wrecks before they ever get into the house. Eleven was people who were just like there might have been something wrong with them <laughs> on a more like psychological level, which I thought was awesome. Yeah, and and again, I feel like there's something in the way that it's portrayed where it's like, uh, you know, now whenever there is a train wreck person, it's like. And here's the train wreck person, complete with train wreck music and train wreck edits and uh, train wreck sound effects. Um, whereas, like, you know, before it was like when you got a train wreck, it was like they treated it like a regular person. And you were just like completely shot. Like, well, this is a regular person who is now a train wreck. And it, it was so much more impactful when it's not like packaged so neatly, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, you get like you know, shows like The Office and shit like that, which are trying to be reality shows and they're like they're more of a reality show than you have like a show you know like big brother where like you said there's packages and fucking music playing behind them and stuff so it's like you must have to watch scripted shows to get a better glimpse of reality shows in a way 
because reality shows are like scripted shit. <laughs> well, I tell tell me more about the the music. Like, so you were you were always like into music, like when you were growing up. Yeah, yeah, it was. And you keep you do these little progressions. Yeah, I've always loved music and I love playing, and uh, so started teaching myself and getting into bands. And you do you go through these little milestones, and uh, and every one I just I always feel like if I went back as forty year old Hoff here. And and I could go to a time machine and tell little fifteen year old Hoff the stuff that he'd end up doing. Fifteen year old Hoff would be like, "Fuck you, old man! You're crazy. There's no way any of this shit is happening." And and, and it sounds and the, when I, I like I could recount them, but it's like little things that as I even currently forty year old Matt Hoffman goes, "Eh, I don't know. I'm not like boasting about <laughs> them like they're that impressive." But fifteen year old Matt Hoffman would be like, "That shit's fucking amazing." Uh, just, again, just like. Recording one album, let alone many albums, playing music to to you know groups of people, people singing back songs that you wrote. Like the fact that I would even write a song, things like I, I grew up or behind me. We're talking on video. Or people listening, if you've made it this far, can't tell this. I was, I've been a fan of Troma Film Studios, a whole wall for since I was a kid. Toxic Avenger and whatnot. And, and in my later life, uh, I've not only grown to do tons of work with them. I've become friends with the president of the company and, you know, do his website and stuff. And just I'm very much in that world. And it's just crazy to me. I mean, it's not now. Again, it's become, it's become normal. But like 15-year-old Matt Hoffman, if I said, hey, you're going to you're gonna be friends with Lloyd Kaufman and, and get involved in the trauma world and, and be in that, I'd be like, no fucking way. Because I've been watching that since I was a kid growing up. So like just little shit that, that you do over your life that just – it's always so amazing in hindsight and it's good to kind of look back and not take it for granted because there's always people who, who, yeah, I'll even use getting on big brother. Okay. It's like something I did. And I look back now and it's like, yeah, it was this thing I did. It was like a fun summer, but two years before going on big brother, if I were to have gone back in time in a time machine and told that, that age Hoff, dude, you're going to be on big brother in a couple of years. I would have fucking lost my shit. I'd be like, no fucking way. It's like the most cool thing in the world. And so there are still people who have never been on big brother and they probably apply every year. And it's like to them, you know, I don't want to poo-poo it and be like, yeah, is this thing I did? Because it's really fucking exciting to some people who haven't been on. And same with, again, all the music stuff. Like, there are people who struggle to play any shitty music show, you know? And so, like, to go on and go, yeah, yeah, it's, I don't know, things are fun. It's it's all, everything's all relative. I hate it. Sometimes I do get kind of, like, cantankerous or curmudgeon about things like, oh, yeah, you know, I did this, so what? But it's only so what because I've done it. To, to, you know, I should appreciate, I should learn, Taryn, you're helping me. Your silence, staring at me, letting me ramble is helping me appreciate <laughs> the things in my life that I've uh, achieved and accomplished. Cause yeah, I guess it is, it, it can be cool, I suppose. And it's, okay. yeah, I, I, I'm truly a therapist, um, in, in all senses. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, you know, like even like you saying that you're like, you're reminding me of the fact that like, uh, like I remember being a kid and being like being miserable as a kid and thinking like you know, like imagining my like when i when i'm older uh like i i'm going to i'm going to be like this and i'm going to i'm going to be doing this and uh like i'm going to be happier and um like thinking that it was a pipe thinking that it would never actually happen that i was doomed to misery for my entire life um and then like it, you sometimes do forget like living every day like day to day like like if if i if i could see myself now when i was a kid I, I would be I would be completely shocked. I would be like, oh, this is like exactly like this is exactly what I wanted to be. Basically, like this is like I, like uh, like this is what I like. This is even more than I imagined was possible. Yeah. Um, and, it, you know, it's 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 good to remind yourself of that every once in a while, I think. Really? Like, look, you 
you got like a razor sponsorship, <laughs> yeah, right? Harry's razors, That's, right? Yeah. You got like free. Honestly, even like let's say a year ago, this one was like, Terry, we're gonna you're gonna have this podcast. People are gonna fucking send you shit and gifts and razors and you have sponsorships. Let's say two years ago. You would have probably been like, maybe, but that's pretty fucking cool if that happens. And now, look, it's just like something that's happening. You know, so it's like these little milestones that when you're living in them, you probably don't even think about this razor. I bet all day long you didn't think about that razor that you've gotten. <laughs> no, like two two years ago, you know, like you would have been like obsessing over like people are going to be sending me shit just because I'm talking on a microphone. Like I'm going to get free shit. So it's like, you know, you got to think about how cool sometimes that stuff is that maybe isn't as cool in the moment. But it's so cool if you take the time machine back to your little self and tell him about it. Yeah, it's it's almost like uh like cuz I remember uh, and I think I've told this story before but like when I when Rob put out the call for like auditions to be on the podcast and I came up with the idea for my video, uh I was like this is going to work. Like I I am going to get a chance to be on Rob as a podcast and if that happens, I'm going to talk to Rob. I'm I'm going to maybe talk to like other like could I could could I talk to like Dan Geese? Well, that would be crazy. Like talk to like Matt Hoffman, like uh, like Dom and Colin from the Dom and Colin podcast. Like this would be crazy. Um, and I literally like I couldn't sleep that night thinking about all of the things that I might get to do. Uh, like and it's almost like I was gluttonous. Like I I ate all of the excitement in one night, and then, and then as it was happening, yeah. I was like, <laughs> yeah, this is everything that I was imagining. <laughs> <laughs> now here you are talking to Matt yeah. Hoffman, wondering where things went wrong. <laughs> Honestly, like speaking of fucking Rob, I mean he is the personification of everything we're talking about right now. It's I, you know, I was jumping out of Big Brother twelve. I think he was uh, earlier on in those like that that those Big Brother things, but yeah, seeing his his growth has just been fucking inspirational to say the least. What he's this empire he's built is it's been awesome. Yeah. I still I still tell the story to, to people who care give a shit enough to hear it with the for the first and only time we met in person when uh, Rob was had his his little pie his pie little not a little out his podcast meetup and he described it to me as oh I'm just meeting up with a couple of people from the podcast you know gave me the address and I go to the uh, it was outside the cubby or above the cubby bear in Chicago and uh, so yeah I come upstairs I come upstairs it's like a fucking banquet hall like a wedding <laughs> banquet hall there's a lot of people like a people to fill a wedding and i see rob because okay, i mean what's what are these people here for oh they're for me like they're here for you they're like yeah you know Taryn, and there's alex and i'm like holy shit like this is amazing and so fucking cool that i don't know it's just incredible it's it's really cool to see people kind of self-actualize and and do things you know that they kind of put their mind to doing it's fun yeah, I, I remember that night because like that was that was actually another moment where like you were incredulous like the like the whole time like you were like they're really here for like for the podcast like you, like you were like very surprised. I didn't mean it in like a, what the fuck is wrong with them way. Like I was proud. I was really like it's. You, you were very impressed, and and, and like yeah. I was like, yeah, this is like, our, this is normal. Like, and then like <laughs> when you were like very very impressed, I was like, no, you're right. Like this is very impressive. Like this it's is incredible. awesome. Yeah. Uh, that was my favorite bar, by the way, that we've had like an after party. I, like nice open <laughs> space. I feel like every other bar we go to, it's like uh, there's like two feet of width uh, to to any of any particular section. Um, but yeah, it's it's uh, and like recently we were in New York and um and and he just he was just in Austin as well, so it's not the most recent one. But uh, I was most recently in New York and we were at like a, like an eight hundred person movie theater with this gigantic crowd, uh, and uh, it was just like this is even bigger than it was before, and this just keeps growing and it's amazing. 
I mean, like the idea turned that like anyone, I'd say, I'm going to say you, but I'd say me too. So this is not like a disparaging thing, but like <laughs> that anyone would ever know who Taryn Armstrong was that didn't know you from mm-hmm. like you knowing them. Like just even one single person. I say that about me too. Like, one single person who I didn't know in my life because I know them just knowing me. It's fucking weird. It's weird. Let alone lots of people knowing you or I. It's just it's a fucking strange thing that we just take for granted. Oh, yeah. And I feel like that's just like it's true of of like everything like in your life. Like I think there is something very much to just sort of like we're very adaptable as as like people like you adapt to your surroundings you adapt to change and like that can be a very good thing because when things go wrong when like tragedies happen like we are able to bounce back and like adapt to it and figure things out and survive but at the same time when very good things happen we also adapt to that like we normalize it like there's a thing where it's like you know you get a raise and you immediately like just start living like like that is my new normal and like it's it's nice for a little while and then it's like well now i'm just living normally and now it would suck if i got less money um whereas you were perfectly happy with less money before um so it's it's like we just we we're, we're very normalizing kinds of like people and uh there's there's positives and there's negatives for sure you got to be there. I mean, it helps with evolution. If you just mm-hmm. like spent your whole life going, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, this is awesome. This is awesome. You'd never get past it. You know, you'd just be like, oh, my God, it's, I'm, I'm so amazed. So it's good, you know, but you're right in that adaptability sometimes is a bit quicker than maybe it should be. Yeah, yeah. We, we'd make fire and we'd be like, whoa, look at us. We did it. Oh, we're the inventors of all time. Best inventors. We never have to invent another thing. Fire is amazing. Oh, man, we are good. Uh, (laughs) tell me tell me more about like uh like starting a a band and stuff because uh i feel like uh or getting involved like whatever happened because like uh that's very i was i was also very into to music when i was a kid and i still am um but just less so uh but but tell me about that yeah yeah you know as i said i've always just been impassioned with music as i mean i'd say little kid i mean like in diapers my parents are very much into uh, all different kinds of music but a lot of rock and roll and stuff. So I, I grew up just listening to classic rock and stuff and always just idolizing the musician. The, it seems like something like, okay, I'm not a, uh, what's something I, I can't do. I'm not a handyman at all. Like I can't fucking work shit like that to save my life. So uh, like if you see someone who builds like a dresser or something, you know, or a table or something to me, that's just like, it's like something I will never do. I will never build anything. I just, it's amazing to me that people do it and the people who do it, it's not amazing to them. That's how music, that's how a musician was to me as a kid, because I loved it so much, but I didn't play anything. I didn't know anything. It was just like in my head, I never was, I was never going to play an instrument. These are just people who were always going to be amazing to me and making this art that I appreciated. And then by happenstance, I just picked up a guitar and started figuring out that I knew I, I learned it and just kind of taught myself. And it's like, and it's these baby steps. It's like, wow, holy shit, I'm playing an instrument. Like, this is amazing. Well, I'm never going to like play it in front of people. I'm just going to dick around in my, in my room. And then it's just this thing snowballs and you start playing in front of people and getting into bands and start learning new instruments and shit. And then in the interest of just stuff that, 
that I should I should reflect on more. Uh, very recently, I uh, I got pegged to do this uh, to jump into this <laughs> Marty Marty Bostones uh, tribute band project. This is like a ska band from the '90s, I guess. And they're playing they're playing this show Riot Fest out here. So uh, there's a, a tribute band of theirs that needed a guitarist, and I, I knew some of the guys, so they asked me. Anyway, the point of this rambling, I was never like a huge Bostones fan by any means, but I knew them. I mean, I know them that they're significant in their in their scene. For for what they were and so we ended up playing the show and uh and then also the boss don't show up to it and then they go on stage and they want to they want to play a song of theirs with us except all the members were there except for the guitarist and the drummer so what ended up happening was instead of like our, our little band being on stage and playing along with some of the boss tones guys it was basically like all the boss tones playing their songs with just me and the drummer. So I was kind of like on stage playing the Boston's. I'm in the moment doing this and I'm like, and it was totally unexpected. Like it wasn't even, we didn't know this was going to happen. I'm like, this is just fucking weird. This is a weird thing. So if I were to go back and tell like little Hoff, like you're going to be playing on stage with these like real musicians, kind of in their band in a weird roundabout way. Shit like that is just, it's just like a bizarre turn of life to think like when I never even thought that I would, I would pick up an instrument or anything. And even as I sit here now, I was just before, um, you know, I have a, a piano in my office. I'm trying to teach myself piano and stuff. And so these little baby steps that I'm, I'm still like not good at it, but even like, as I get to these little progressions, it's so fun to, to just see that evolution. And, and I do need to, this is a good, a good uh, exercise and appreciation. I need to appreciate these little things because music has always been so super important to me. And I've always been kind of like a goofy little uh, outcast kid, I think. Uh, so, so music has always been a really cool outlet. I've never been, uh, I was never popular. Big surprise, uh, Taryn, a bit exclusive on the Taryn show. Lest all of the Hoffman fans thought I was, uh, you know, captain of the football team and banging cheerleaders and stuff. That was not the case. Uh, so, so music is a good, a good way for little runts and misfits to try and, you know, of course that's why you get into it, I guess, ultimately to like hook up with people and, and drink heavily for free. Uh, but I do have a passion for the art as well. Yeah. Were you like, uh, were you like, like picked on when you were a kid? No, again, I feel like I should have been. The thing would save me is I was always very class clowny. I was very, uh, I, I, I still to this day have a hard time getting angry or like everything's a joke to me. And so oftentimes it shouldn't be, but I just can't help it. Like even tragedy, I just laugh in the face of tragedy often. And I get, and maybe it's some sort of defense mechanism. I don't know. You're the shrink here, Taryn. You do uh, tell me what's going on. Definitely. But yeah, so, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so yeah, I was as a kid, I was always the one, I spent a lot of time in the hallway and I did do a lot of detentions and stuff, but never, I was never like, uh, you know, I wasn't like, vandalizing and breaking shit and stealing shit and being mean to kids and picking on people. I was, I was like a nice, I was nice to other people, but I was, I was like the funny kid, but it's never popular. Girls wanted nothing to do with me. And I was never in that scene. Um, but, uh, no, I was not picked on. I was just sort of like, I don't know what I was. Nothing, I guess, really. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Which was fine. I was cool with it because I wasn't picked on. And I had some friends in the higher social circle and some friends in the lower one. I wasn't really a drinker or anything. Even in high school, I kind of didn't even get into that until like way late senior year, maybe even. I was just, uh, I wasn't into partying. I was just sort of like a, a little artsy misfit. I took a lot of art classes and junk like that. Yeah. That's what I did. And then in my later life, then I've started seeing the interest of like uh, progressing in little things that are incredible to me. I started to get into the world of like special effects and makeup and creating monsters and masks. And, and that's another thing. If I told Little Hoff, I said, Little Hoff, you're going to be like, 
because I always love uh, I'm a, such an affection for horror movies. And so growing up, particularly in like the slasher genre as a kid, because that's like what permeated the 80s. So seeing all like the cool practical effects were always just amazing to me. And I was like, how do they do that? I remember as a kid, just like, well, how do they even how does that even happen on screen? And now it's like I'm making these things. And so a little to tell little Hoff, like little Hoff, this is. You're gonna, you're gonna, you can like make this shit. You're gonna like be my whole basement's full of like mannequins and zombies and stuff right now. And like, if I took Little Hoff into this basement I'm in right now, he'd be like, Big Hoff, you are fucking, you're cool. But I don't think I'm cool. But like, Little Hoff would look at me and be like, Dude, you're fucking awesome. You have all this like cool, I don't know. It's a, I need to think about my, my fun little world more because I don't enough. Yeah. Well, I, uh, tell me more about that. Like, uh, I, I am also a, a huge horror person. Um, so I, I'm very interested. Yeah. I, uh, I, you know, we've gone so ages, so, so far down the CGI road nowadays in, in in modern horror and just modern cinema. And I've actually very recently, within the last couple of weeks, I've been binging old uh, practical movies with practical effects just because I forgot how awesome they are. All just like classics, just things like, I don't know, like Dead Alive and Reanimator and, and just things like that. They're just... I forgot about what I used to watch when I was a kid. And then you just, you just don't go back and I'm not a movie revisitor often. I just, I'm not, I, once I watch something, I'm done. I can't like keep watching it over and over. Mm -hmm. So for me to even do this little experiment and it came about an accident, it started with reanimator. I I just was like, I'm going to put this on because I haven't seen this since I was a kid. And just like the practical effects were like, holy shit, these are so fucking cool. And then I just started downloading legally, um, all these other movies that I just remember, like that I remember watching as a kid that I totally forgot about. And I started binging them again. And it's just like so amazing what they did with what they had at the time um, cinematically and just having no fucking computers to fuck with. And uh, it's just inspirational. And again, now I'm kind of like doing a lot of some of that stuff on my own. And it's so fun and cool to just I like that who I was as a kid really evolved into where I am now. I, I was a massive TV addict as I was a total TV junkie and I fucking went on TV. And then I was just like enamored with music and idolized rock stars. And I fucking spent years of my life pl- performing on stage and recording albums. And then I, I was a little weird horror movie kid. And now fucking here I am like doing, it's doing all this, this horror movie and special effects stuff. And it's, it's really fun to be like the passions that I had as a, as a grade school kid, fucking now i'm in my 40s and they're still really passionate about it and i think that's cool that i haven't lost that yeah sounding yeah. am i sounding am i sounding boastful and arrogant i said i don't want to come off like <laughs> i'm so awesome because i don't think that at all well, i just i don't think i'm awesome i think the idea of of evolving from your little little self and keeping that is your old self whether i do it or anyone does it is just a cool thing to do well it's like like i can see it on your face that like you're you're sort of like surprised by this as you're saying it like you like you are (laughs) you're like uncovering this about yourself so it's really not like you're like you're being boastful it's really like wow you know what like like maybe i should be a little happier (laughs) that's sort of how it's it's because i do i mean i know plenty of people where it's like Particularly at our age, shit. I mean, I, you know, I'm I'm 15 years older than you, so when you get up to my age, it's like, okay, uh, wake up, go to work, hang out with your family, go to bed. Wake up, go to work, hang out with your family, go to bed. And so, at my age, it is not particularly common to have these outside passions and you know, still playing music actively, you know, fucking making monsters in a basement. Shit like that is not is not a typical corporate you know and i still do it yet i still have a job you know i'm gainfully employed and uh doing you know engineering work and coding so it's like yeah i'm, I'm well balanced little hoff would be would be happy I think. <laughs> big hoff does not appreciate it as much 
Um, Big Hoff wants more time. <laughs> well, like, do you like uh, you? You've started like you, you have you have a family now. Like you you have a, yes. a child. Uh, like, is this is this something else that's like like fulfilling for you? Oh my God, she's the best. You know, I've always I wanted a kid for ages. I've wanted a kid since I was like in my early twenties, and I think a lot of it stemmed from. And whether it still is this, maybe a little, maybe I don't know. It's very much. Uh, I think it's a lot of narcissism. Like it was cool to me scientifically to have like this experiment, this this thing. This it's like you create this thing, and then you do whatever you want to do. Like they, they listen to you and they, and you mold them. You can show them whatever you want to show them. I mean, if I tell them the, if I show them that fucking the color red and I just tell them that it's the color blue their whole life, they're going to grow up like <laughs> thinking red is blue. Like you can just fucking, you can do anything you want. It's like a, it's the most amazing form of art is, is making a human being. So ever since I was young, I've always like, I never give a shit about it, like marriage and, and, and whatever, you know, whatever, good, bad, it doesn't matter. But having a kid, like I would have had a kid and not, you know, even been with the person, like just had a, some sort of breeder of some sort, like I always wanted. A kid. And, uh, you know, as a, as an aside, there's a show, it was a BBC show called, um, it's like a four-part series called Child Genius, and I recommend anyone watch it because it's a fucking awesome show. First off, you can find it. It's about four-hour-long episodes, but the gist of it was like this competition to find, and they made an American version later. I was all right, but this BBC one was great uh, to find like the, the the smartest kid. But these kids are like, I don't know, let's say between the ages of like eight and ten. So the story was about the kids performing in this knockout competition where every round someone got eliminated through this like feats of intellect. But the real story kind of that was what made the show interesting was the parents, not the kids, because the parents of these kids were just how each parent raised their kid in such a fucking bizarrely different way. And there was this one parent in particular, this Asian family and the dad only raised his kid. It was like a science experiment. Like I said, where he, his his mentality said I'm I, I, he makes his kid do every hour of this kid's life is structured and he does like every activity and everything you can think of he has like no social life but the dad's like I'm making my kid go through this routine until he's 16 years old and then when he turns 16 that's when all his friends are going to start like getting involved with their life and getting into adulthood. He's like, my plan is that my kid will know everything can be done and he can be like set. So he's like totally just fucking. And he's like, he sets his kid up in controlled failure environments. So he doesn't let his kid fail unless it's like set up and configured properly. So he's like really just like micromanages this kid's world. But meanwhile, this kid is like a superpower at everything. Like he really, it's working. Like whatever, it seems so damaging and, and uh, like a horrible parenting, but the effect of this parenting is like amazing. This kid's like just great at everything. Anyway, I went on this big tangent, but the point is, like, kid, children are just this this narcissistic experiment of yours. And now that I have one, it's not so scientific and like, <laughs> clinical. Uh, but there is an element where it just, you know, she loves doing, in fact, special effects. We, she just made her first um, bullet hole uh, the other day, and we made it together on my hand. And she, I was like such a proud dad thing, and she loves it. And she'll go. She has her little. I have. She has like a little head. It's my. It's my head form. But it's it's for her, and she she sculpts on it and makes little zombie. She makes like little zombie teeth and puts little fake blood on it. And so and it's fun, and she so it's cool to see like this little mini me doing these little things that I'm into. But then it's cool like she doesn't give a shit about music. Like if I'm playing guitar 
I'd be like in my head, I'm like, oh, and this cool dad, and look at how cool your dad is. He's a rock star. And she's like, fucking, she doesn't give a shit about that. So <laughs> I like that too. I like that she's not just like doing what I do because I'm making her do it. The way that my narcissistic self was like, here's my little experiment. I like that she's kind of like she does her own shit. So like, it makes me know that she really does like this makeup effect shit. And she maybe she's not into music, and that's cool. And she does her own shit. She is so uh, I love it. It's the most fulfilling. Having a kid is so. I thought it would be cool, and it's even cooler than I thought it would be. But I don't want more of them. That <laughs> yeah. Being said, I like that you can focus. I like that the empire is hers. Like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, nothing split. I don't have to fucking make decisions or anything. It's just like everything's about her. It's cool. Yeah. Uh, how, how old is she? She's four. She just turned four recently. Yeah. Wow. Already making bullet holes. It's impressive. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it really is quite impressive. I mean. <laughs> Um, so uh do do you do you feel like 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 when you when you're thinking about like your like your life right like do you feel like 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 she is going to be your your most like this is the most important thing like is she is she like the center of it in a way oh yeah like i love uh yeah it's crazy how you uh the things you put aside and just it's amazing it's fun to watch someone grow. It just seems like a weird thing. I should say this, mind you, let me, let me say this. I don't like kids. I still don't. I don't like other people's kids. I, I find them irritating uh, when I'm out in public and there are other kids around. I, I typically don't like them, but I fucking love my kid. And again, maybe that's in the interest of narcissism or some sort of egocentrism. But uh, God, man, to me, like my kid is just perfect. And uh, watching her grow and evolve is just the, the most amazing, cool thing. And, um, and really, that's what it's about. And just so, yeah, I, like everything becomes about her. And uh, and I like that. It's almost like uh, it's like a project. I mentioned earlier on in this, I think <laughs> two hours ago, we started this. I mentioned how I could just immerse. That's why I started, you know, the Big Brother. You just get really, when I start a project, it's just like, that's my project. And I'm just like totally fucking sank into it. So the kid is just like a... Uh, just a higher level version of that. It's the, it's the biggest project I've ever undertaken. And so when in the interest of me getting immersed in it, I'm so fully immersed in her and I, you know, I can just sit and, and now she's at a fun conversational age so we can chill and hang out and talk and do more stuff. You know, the first year of life, it's just, it's just like little raisin that you're just tending to, you know, and they offer you nothing in return except just feces and vomit and stuff. And so, and you're just kind of like, I know I have to take care of this thing. I don't really know why they're not telling me they love me. They don't offer me anything. I just know that I'm supposed to do this. But now you're at a point where it's like, it's a give and take and it's so cool and a person now. But again, if I was listening to this about anyone else's kid, I'd turn off the podcast. Like, I don't care about your kids. So you're, I can, if you're bored, like we can just, yeah, this is, I should stop rambling about this. Very <laughs> self-centered point of this conversation. Well, no, it's, it's something that I, like I'm always interested in uh, just cause like, you know, as somebody that, that doesn't have kids, like it's always, I don't know, like part, like for me, this podcast is about like me just sort of just asking the questions that I've always wanted to ask people, but it's never been polite to do so. Like, <laughs> uh, no, and I've, I'm kind of an adult. I have a playful as an adult. I'm more playful, I would say, than most 40 year olds. So uh, having a kid, it's it's like I'm a good person. I have a kid, I think, because uh, I have a little bit of kid in me still. And it's it's not just like we're kind of like a team me and the kid. You know, we were buddies. We hang out. It's not just all uh, it's not all strict parenting and yada, yada. It's, it's a fun thing. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, that's, that's probably like a, a good thing. Like, I, I feel like uh, like being able to 
be on a team, like like really be on a team is something that's hard yes. to, to do, right? Like, so uh, if you're able to feel that way with your with your parent, I feel like that's uh, it's good building blocks. Yeah. And I have like uh, major emotional detachment issues. Like I just don't connect to anybody well uh, and like any sort of meaningful way. Uh, like I, I care about humanity, but like on an individual personal level, I have a hard time uh, – not that I don't care. That's a bad way to put it. I can't, in fact, I care very deeply for everybody, but for everybody, I just, I like, I like seeing people happy. I want people to be happy, but I have a hard time like connecting one-on-one with anybody. So this is like the first, like this kid is like the best. It's like, I, it's like, I, I understand what it actually means to like really feel something for another human being on a, on a personal human level, not just on a generic blanket. I want, I like happy people. I like making people happy level, like more like I, I like making this specific person happy. Like it's a, it's a different, a different thing for, for me and my fucked up issues that I probably <laughs> had my entire life connecting with people. Yeah. What did, did you ever like run into uh, like issues not being able to connect with people? Yeah, I mean, see, the problem is that I have not because I don't care enough to have the issues. <laughs> yeah. It's the people who around me who have to deal with me, who, who have the issues with me. Uh, so I probably just make life difficult for others selfishly. I don't fucking care. I mean, I'm fine. I'm fine with everything. I'm always fine. That's sort of the problem is I'm always fine. Uh, so uh, I need to find a way to experience turmoil in some way. Again, I just I everything's a shrug off to me and kind of like uh, – you know, it's like, ah, oh, you'll get through it. Move on. Everything will be fine. <laughs> and uh, so it's fun. The kid is such, you know, chaos. It's, you never know. It's the most unexpected. Talk about expecting unexpected. Have a fucking kid. And you'll see it's, it's nothing compared to the saboteur or whatever <laughs> goes on. Uh, so it's, uh, the chaos is fun. It's, it's, it's cool. It's energizing. Yeah. So it, like, do you, do you feel like, um, like I, I know for me, like, uh, people can, can be unenthused with my, like, uh, my lack of enthusiasm when it comes to like communicating with people. Like, yeah. I, why didn't you wish me happy birthday on my birthday? Uh, yeah, that kind of stuff drives me. Yeah. That will not do. I'm I can get, I'll get back to people. I'm attentive, but yeah, like I don't, uh, but the thing is I'm not selfish about it. Like I don't, I don't act a certain way and then go, why isn't anyone telling me happy birthday? You know, like, I don't give a fuck. Don't tell mm-hmm. me. I don't acknowledge my birthday. I turned, uh, like I said, 40. I'd say 40 is like a milestone birthday. Not a fucking peep. I told my wife and my parents, I said, don't, I don't want to hear about it. Don't get me anything. Don't throw a fucking, I don't want to party. I don't want my friends. And I'm not on Facebook, which is great because then no one even knows it's my birthday. And I went, my whole fucking 40, my 40th birthday went by with a whisper. And it was the greatest thing to me. I loved it. It was so satisfying. I think I got one text from a friend who I've known since high school and she, cause she just knows my birthday. So I, so, but that was it. It was, and it, but I prefer, so then when I am that way to someone, it comes, I was like, Oh, he must be an asshole. Well, no, I'm just kind of like fucked up and I expect the same treatment back. I don't like, it's not, it's not meant to be rude. It's not that I don't care about you. I don't like you. It's just like, I don't know. Happy birthday. What the fuck? What? Oh, you were born. Wow. You didn't even do anything. You just existed. Are you wishing you a happy birthday for what? You should tell your parents happy birthday on your behalf. For birthing you and creating you, <laughs> why do we wish? Why do we wish our? Why do? Why do the people who are turning an age get wishing? They've done nothing except li- exist. Yeah, that's a good that's idea. Shit. Um, I, yeah, I, I just, I just like inadvertently got you to go off on a rant, uh, toward, toward Lita, uh, who's my, my, one of my co-hosts, uh, who complained about me not wishing her happy birthday. Um, really? but I, I'll try to get over herself. <laughs> This is going to be Come great. On. She's going to complain so much. 
<laughs> um, and so, but uh, but yeah, I was actually just like having a, this conversation with someone. Like, it's I, I feel like it's difficult for me to keep in touch with people because like, it's not like I don't care about them, but like I've never been somebody that like actively tries to like reach out and like constantly like no stay in touch and like how's it how's it going like uh like if the person that i'm talking to or that i'm keeping in touch with isn't the one driving that conversation then we just kind of like drift off usually i'm totally with you but on the flip side of that i also am the type of person maybe this way where where by the same nature if i don't if if someone isn't reaching out to me i may just slip off the grid but if two years pass and that person calls me, I will fucking get the, it will be like, I saw them yesterday yeah. and I will go out and we'll hang it. It'll be like no love lost on my part. Now I always have a, internal feelings of guilt. Like this person might think I'm a dick cause I haven't talked to them, <laughs> yeah. but on my end, like seriously, I could have talked to them yesterday. It's like no love lost. Everything's cool. But, uh, again, it's your interest. Like, does that cause problems? Well, not with me, but it might cause problems with like the people around me who have to deal with, with my quirks. I yeah. Suppose. I mean, that's, then that's exactly what I was saying where it's like, like, it, like I, I don't know like, if this is bad, but like this, I like I don't really even care to. Like it's not like like I feel bad that if 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 people are get like upset by it, but it's like yeah, exactly. I just, yeah, I'm just like I don't have like it's not in me to just like constantly reach out to people. But like I, I like I have a like my best friend from high school, like uh, we, like we went to college. He went to the college like down the street, like literally it was like uh like a couple blocks down the street. And we like we barely hung out once we got to college. But like every couple years or so, we'll like uh, for whatever reason, like somebody else who is somebody who reaches out to people will come into town and be like, "Hey, let's get together," and we'll hang out and we'll talk like all night. And it'll be like uh, you know, like not like no time has passed. Yeah, and it's not even like a chore. It's not like yeah. uh, when instances like that happen. It's like oh fuck, it, I go out and I don't want to go out. It's like no, like when I'm in the moment, I'm loving it. I yeah. love. Hanging with people that I haven't seen in a while, it's absolutely great. It's just I don't – yeah, I don't pursue it. Exactly, <laughs> I don't, yeah. And when I'm not pursuing it, I'm not thinking about it. It's not like weighing on <laughs> right. me like, oh, you know, I need to talk to this person. It's like, yeah. Like if it falls into my lap, I'm like I'm very pleased. Like, uh, and it's great. Yeah. I love it. And I love these people. I, I love all of them. I just uh, – you know, whatever. Yeah, I like being the recipient of these things. But then I do feel bad, you know, because exactly. you do. You feel like – you don't want people to think that you don't like them or anything because it's not the case, but – it's hard it's to weird explain. When, uh, it is hard when you're in a world of normal people and then you have this <laughs> weird thing. Because it does come up. I can imagine how a normal person would just think we're, people like us are just kind of assholes a little bit or standoffish at least, mm-hmm. standoffish. I don't think I'm standoffish. I think I'm just like – because as soon as you get me, I'm, I'm good. I'll go. I'll roll all night. Yeah. But uh, it's, Yeah. It's, it's, hard, it's hard to like – Cause, like, cause may, maybe, maybe it is. Maybe, like, maybe we're jerks. I don't know. Like, uh, maybe maybe that's jerks. it. But I don't know. <laughs> maybe your listeners will let us know if they're still <laughs> wake up wake up you're falling asleep uh, you. <laughs> um so uh is there anything else that you wanted to uh to talk about god i don't know i mean no i think we've we've exhausted you know i will say i'll give a hot tip to particularly i should have given this hot tip on the uh two minute mark not the two hour mark i have a, a strange thing it's gotten worse over the years over the last probably four years, it's gotten worse because I used to be able to do it. Let me back up. So I have to both watch and listen to things at a higher speed than they're actually played at. So, you know, now thankfully technology has been great about this. But like for instance, like, I can't watch Netflix because they don't have any speed capabilities. So like if I see something on Netflix that I like, I'll find it on Netflix and then I'll go and download it to my media server just so I can watch it mm-hmm. double speed. 
I think it's very efficient. It's become comforting. So now like when I'm in conversations and people are talking normal speed, I get like, come on, come on, come on. It's affecting my life in that it's hard for me. To, it's making it even more difficult. I mean, I'm becoming more socially awkward <laughs> in my older life because I just want like, I'm so used now every media I have because of technology is influxed at me at like multiple speeds and I can get like, and I'm slowly inching. I said, it's gotten worse over the years. Cause now like it becomes incremental. So now like for a while, 1.5 speed was like really fast, but it was like, I was doing it. And now it's like slow. Like I need to, I need mm-hmm. to be a two X everything. So the reason I bring even bring this up and I wish I would have brought it up earlier is the Terran show is great. Cause it's like really long. It's like a movie version of a podcast. So it's like great that I can, you can knock out these Terran shows. I recommend everyone get uh, their podcast app. that can knock this out at two X speed, more Hoff for your buck. You can get more Terran shows in. So yes. that's my pitch for, I think everyone should try this because it really is. It helps life efficiency. I, I, I listen to most of my podcasts at, 3x 3x yes it's intense it is and you get the do you have the silencers oh, too yeah, yeah. silences you, you cut off the, I love all the when silences it tells you, and it tells you how much you yep. save it's, <laughs> it's so fucking satisfying to see because it's like time in your life yep and and like uh i've seen like articles where like uh like podcast creators like oh i hate when people listen to it at faster speeds because it ruins my editing and stuff and i was like yeah screw you i, I listen to whatever speed i want and then I edited this uh, first one out thing for Survivor, where it was like all this fancy like sound effects and like cuts back and forth. And I was like, guys, don't don't listen to it faster. <laughs> don't cut off silences. <laughs> no, I leave those pauses pauses in there for a reason. Um, but uh, but yeah. Spirit, we have a lot of same the similar quirks. Do you have odd sleeping habits? Oh, terrible sleeping habits. Do you? Yeah. I I have I have to listen to podcasts uh, because I need like I need okay in order in order to people talking in my ear in order to go to sleep fucking weird but it's it has to be a particular kind of podcast because it has to be engaging enough that I'm like actually listening to it and my mind isn't wandering but not so engaging that I'm like on the edge of my seat like uh, excited to hear what's next so it's like you got to find like the right the right balance. Yeah, I need talking. I need words like to people talking. A podcast, or sometimes I put on like news radio, just something that's like a voice for some reason. And I always have. I sleep head to mattress, and then two pillows on top of the head, and then a blanket that goes over the top of all of that. And that's oh. my. I cannot sleep any other way. It's the only way that I can I can conk out is uh, voices in my ears, head to mattress, two pillows, and a blanket. There you go. Yeah, it's, it's, you, don't, you don't have that. I I don't because do I feel you have a lot of strange. I'm learning you have a lot of quirks of mine. I'm wondering how many <laughs> overlap. In. And I also like another thing that makes me feel like an asshole is like whenever we go to like New York and we go to we we get like an Airbnb together. I'm like, I got I gotta have a bed to myself, guys. Like uh, I'll pay more for it, but like that's like I feel like a diva, but I can't sleep anywhere else like even even on a bed that's not mine it's hard like uh because it's like not the same conditions i can't sleep on planes i can't sleep on like in cars or anything like that um it's a it's it's annoying it's fun that you're a little weird dude like me and it's (laughs) good to hear about your queer strange well that's what like i like uh you know i i like I always liked the people I could relate to on Big Brother. Like, that was one of the things that I liked. And, uh, like, I was immediately drawn to you. Like, I was in high school when I watched you on uh, Big Brother 12. And immediately I was like, this, yeah, this this guy. I like this guy. Um, oh, that's so funny. And I was, I was very mad at Hayden. Um, but then I was like, you know what? You know what? 
Hay- Hayden is the better player. Hayden outsmarted him. I, you know, that's Hayden how I was coped. A was guess. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> that's how I always go. It's like <laughs> that's how well, you go. at least it's a bet. Ba- like okay, well you know, <laughs> you know Matt failed and and Hayden succeeded. So I guess that you know I'm rooting for Hayden now. After uh, years of therapy, you finally recovered. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but you know, I especially when I was in high school, like I always felt like, uh, like, yeah, this is exactly what I would want to do. Like, I'd go in and pretend I was somebody else, and like, pre- like, uh, I'd be lying about all sorts of things, and like, coming up with diabolical plans, and uh, you know, going all over the place. What a terrible game I played! God, <laughs> you can't play the what if game in Big Brother. You just can't because yeah. if you do, I never did. I did. I really didn't. But if I did, my dad, my dad is a big Big Brother fan. And, and he used to, not as much anymore, but earlier, closer to when I got off. And even into like a couple of years later, do you ever think about if you did this? Like, let's say that kind of <laughs> shit. I'm like, Dad, shut the fuck up. Like, no, no, I don't. Because like, it drives you nuts, man. Drives mm-hmm. you nuts. I, and that's, that's one of the things like, uh, you know, people ask me if I, if I would play all the time. And it's just like, well, that's one of the, the reasons why I feel like I don't know if I can. Because I'm just like, I'm so competitive. And I, I know that like, I still think about like, Oh, that poker game I played for $10 when I was a kid, like, and I made that bad call, like, oh, man, if only I had made that better call. And if it was something as huge as Big Brother, that was such an intense experience for so long, with such high stakes and everybody watching you, like, I can only like, I can only imagine what my head would be like. Oh, one of my friends, the first Halloween out to out of off of the house so that next October showed up a friend I've known for a year since high school showed up to my Halloween party dressed as me. But the, the crux of his costume was he had a briefcase of a half million dollars, you know, fake. And he kept giving it to people. He's like, oh, I'm giving away a half million dollars here. Take it. Take it. I'm an idiot. You know, like because like, I just fuck, you know, yeah, assuming that I fucked up my game. And just get, <laughs> like, yeah, great. Rub that in. Did you get a ton of backlash with like the the, the wife lie thing? Was that like a. Yeah, I did. And and I played it, I feel, well, with zero remorse. I yeah. never apologized. I said, fuck off, you're all crazy for being upset about something so idiotic and, and meaningless. I did nothing. I, I wasn't rude. I didn't make fun of people. I, I didn't give anybody diseases. I did nothing. <laughs> I, I, I said a lie that had the only people who should be pissed are the 12 people who were living in there with me who maybe were like duped. But like the fact that like people on the Internet – the fuck? Who cares? Even if you had this fucking disease, why would you? Why would you give a shit? If I had, what do I have? Well, I don't know. Do I have anything? I don't. Let's say I had cancer or something, and then on TV someone's lying about having cancer. I don't, the fuck does that matter to me with cancer? Like, that doesn't make my cancer worse. It doesn't. I don't know. Maybe maybe because I don't have it. I don't fucking. People are so fucked up. Why do they care so much about shit that just does not fucking matter to them? People do. I, I, I think but yes, I did take a lot of senseless <laughs> and I never apologize and I never will. Yeah, because um, I, I remember I remember watching uh, and like uh, like Reagan in particular was so mad at you. And I was convinced like I was convinced he would understand. And I was like, as, again, as a high schooler, I was like, Reagan, what's wrong with you? Why don't you understand what like, of course, who, why, why does this matter to you? It's it, especially because like like at least you didn't lie about having a disease yourself. Uh, which I think, you know, if people watched recent seasons. Is that this... worse? Is that worse to do? Is it really? I don't know. What's, what's the... I don't know. Cause I feel, I feel like, uh, as, like a certain person came onto big brother 19. Um, and like, if, oh, if anybody really I'm... like had a problem oh, she, with what you did. She was a gem though. <laughs> she saved that season. I heard her lunacy. Yeah. It was like the, the, this was my least favorite season. Second least. 
13 is my least. Mm. This is my second least favorite season. And without Raven, it probably would have been my, my least because she was just gold. She really took it to like a whole other, like, because <laughs> I feel like, and that's representative of Big Brother casting where it's like, uh, you know, back in season 12, they were casting you who was like, all right, I'm going to like make this calculated lie about my wife to gain sympathy, uh, so on and so forth. And then, you know, seven seasons later, they cast Raven, who's like, uh, no, 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 I have 50 Yeah, she's diseases. just straight up delusional. <laughs> she was, yeah, she believed her shit. I yeah. knew the whole time I was full of shit. She was, yeah. Exactly, yeah. Um, Speaking of people who just drop off the radar, what happened to her? I expected, I, she's the only BB-19 cast member, the only one that I follow. I immediately followed her because I'm like, this is going to be the best social media account. Nothing. Silent. She's like good, pacemakers good. put in, <laughs> dancing and shit. Like, I want to hear crazy. What happened to the crazy shit? I think she recently had surgery, actually. Yeah, she did. It's not That's like real. That really happened. <laughs> exactly. I want to hear about like, <laughs> you know. <laughs> fucking arm falling off or something like crazy <laughs> weird shit, you know? all right well thank you so much matt this was so much fun uh i i've been looking forward to this um we didn't end up talking about the twilight zone or anything but uh oh my God. <laughs> for another one yes for another yes, we'd for... be here another two hours <laughs> uh yeah if we'll do we'll do like uh you know i was i was talking about doing like a like a holiday special um with like yeah, the holidays I, I, this month maybe maybe yeah, uh, maybe, maybe next year for we'll do like a halloween special we'll have you on and we'll talk about uh horror movies and that's my holiday yes. we'll do that that's uh, that i actually like that yeah good time all right uh well uh thank you everyone for listening but matt uh how can people find you on social media <laughs> that's why i know they're all clamoring to find me on social media uh twitter uh head of hoffold and uh on in- i have an instagram but it's all just artsy stuff it's not like uh, it's not me but it's uh gremlin underscore effects on, on instagram if you are interested in that kind of end of my life <laughs> alright uh, and you can find this podcast on iTunes make sure you subscribe uh, The Terran Show you can also find it on robhasawebsite.com you can leave a comment there or you can tweet at uh, Matt and me uh, I, I'm at Armstrong Terran on Twitter um, and uh, make sure you go to harrys.com slash Terran and check out uh, check out the, the YouTube and the, the Twitch where I'm trying to get this uh, these secret Hitler games uh, these social strategy games uh, we're getting those going uh, anyway thank you all for listening I'll see you next time Terran's asking questions Looking deeper, that's what it's all about. It's the Terrence Show. So you.